0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 129 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I've been actually scheduled. I record a bunch in very short succession. So you're obviously getting them spaced out. And I've actually had the pleasure to get a bunch of great new guests that have never appeared before, even though there's some of people that I've been following uh, for a long time or I know personally. And Jason Phillips is my guest today. So if you guys aren't super familiar with Jason, you probably should be by now. He is the CEO and founder of Nutrition Coaching Institute, that's NCI, and uh, the founder of Coaching Con, which is a big event that's been going on the last few years. I was in attendance this past year. I had a blast. It just what Yeah, you have? Like 800 people there in person ish?
1: Yeah, about 800 in person this year. And uh, next year, we're going to be even bigger. It's a good time, which is crazy. And I will,
0: everything goes according to plan. I'll be there next year as well. It's so, you you and i actually met very briefly in 2017 you were one of the speakers at luca Hosovar's of ours, uh, big yeah. business conference but we really reconnected at kenny santucci's event we're both good friends of kenny's uh strong new york last year we both spoke on the same panel so that gave us a chance to reconnect and that led to coming down to coaching conzo it's great to have you on
1: thanks for coming i appreciate you having me man it's been uh it's been great to reconnect it's been great to hang out, chat with some of the same people. And, uh, yeah, man, definitely a huge fan of what you are doing. So it's an honor to be here. Hey, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, just another shout to just
0: like how cool coaching con was. I mean, this is Lucas spoke at it. Uh, Alex and Layla Harmozi, who were incredible. Tom Billiu, Dana Lynn Bailey, Rob Bailey, that lineup was crazy. So
1: superstar studded stuff. So you're doing good stuff. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate I- it. We, uh, we're getting ready to announce 2024 and I think, uh, I think we've moved forward again, which is exciting. And uh, I hope, did it well, we don't have to say the
0: name, but you can say it if you want. But uh, we chatted about one of my pals who's doing incredible Yes, stuff. he will be there. So can we say the name? Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. Don Saladino. So you wanted me to connect you with Don. And so Don is going to be one of your speakers. And Don is one of the speakers at my event, October 13th to 14th. Anybody listening? Registration is now open for, uh, we've renamed it. It's the Evolve Strength. Business and Coaching Conference, got uh, shelved the old name, because uh, we wanted to kind of not be as positioned into, quote, strength training as much. It's a piece of the puzzle with people like Muscle Doc Jordan Shallow speaking, but uh, message me if you want more details. It's all over the internet now. But this is about you. So something that keeps coming up, you talk about this theme a lot, and I love it. I'm wired to think this way. You're talking about your desire to reach and help millions of people. So we've got trainers. What's that? A billion.
1: We're a billion. We're going, after, we're going after one billion lives changed. That's the core right. foundational message. One in eight people on the earth, right? Yes, sir,
0: that's ambitious to say the least. But it's it's philosophical as much as it's a technical goal, because it goes beyond the desire to help one person at a time. Now, new trainers, everybody starting out. The foundation is you help the person in front of you. They're the only thing that exists. But something has to change for the trainer to go beyond working with the limited number of clients that you can help with one on one time in front of you. So, what has to change, like in terms of approach, belief, limiting beliefs, mindset, tactics, to get someone to go from that business model that we all came into the industry learning into the type of delivery system vehicle to help more people? that I know you're teaching people through NCI and you're talking about.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, you actually hit on literally all of the things that need to change. Um, So I I would say the answer is just yes, because you nailed them all, but I'll unpack it a little bit. Um, You know, I don't think anybody gets into the coaching space, at least not in our generation, maybe today, because people realize it's more lucrative, but, uh, you know in our generation i don't think we got into the space and we're like man we we really want to become multimillionaires and um you know have all these crazy things and, and i think that like it was just raw passion right i think it was just like we love fitness we love nutrition we love health like we you know we want to change people's lives we want to help and it was like it's just like what we did man like it like the iron bonded us like the the gym bonded us and it was just like it, the culture was kind of different then and so you know over time, I think when you're in the space, you realize, okay, yes, I'm successfully changing lives. There's a lot of gratitude that comes from that. And there's, there's really a lot of um, satisfaction that comes from it. I think any coach can uh, relate. You wake up in the morning and you get a text from your client. They're like, Oh, I'm, I'm in a new size of clothing or, Oh my God, I'm down X amount of pounds or, Oh my God, like, you know, my biceps are an inch bigger, like whatever. Right. And it's like, you get so excited. Like we love those testimonials. And it's like, you look yourself in the mirror one day and you realize you're kind of playing small and you're like, you know, I, if I did this, and, and you know, I think the average coach probably can take on, I don't know, two, three hundred clients max per year. That's a lot, right? Like, but that would be the upper limit. And it's like, you know, we we go 20, 30 years, and we realize like we're only talking less than a thousand people, right? And or, I'm sorry, like less than uh, thirty thousand people. You know, doing and math, right? Two, and that's a super a year you know, 20, 30,000, that's assuming you don't hit burnout. Right. And
0: that's assuming you turn over one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, assume, right?
1: which oh, also doesn't we're, we're talking like upper level limits of like 20 and 30,000 people that you're personally going to touch. And you're like, man, like did I really have impact at 20 to 30,000 people? There's billions of people in the world. There's, you know, the, the alarming statistics of obesity rising. And you're just like, really? Like I, I did I really do what I said I was going to do? And, um, uh, you know, so I think that that kind of gives runway to the notion. Okay, well, if I had a staff, um, you know, my company could touch more people. And so instead of two to three hundred, you know, annually, we're we're talking maybe we're getting the five hundred annually, six hundred annually, maybe a thousand, you know. And then and then we go, you know, another several years, and and we're like, all right, well, I got to. You get to a hundred thousand people change. Well, that's pretty cool, right? Like that's that's a good number. And then you're like, all right, compare a hundred thousand to eight billion, and you're like, fuck, like, still pretty small. And and then, you know, for me, it was I was at this point, right? I was, I went, I actually went to John Romanello's mastermind in December of 2016. And Craig Ballantine was there. And I've known Craig for quite some time. And and Craig looks at me and he was like, you know, he said. You're you're really good at what you do, and and I just crossed like the eighty-three thousand dollar a month mark, right? So the million dollar run rate. And he's like, you're about to be a millionaire doing what you're doing, and and you're really good at what you do. And he's like, and I I just sensed that you're playing small. And I was like, okay. And I was like, tell me more, because I I had a team of like ten coaches at the time. And I was like, you know, I'm I feel like I'm doing pretty well. And he's like, yeah. He's like, but he's like, look around the space. He said, you know people aren't doing what you're doing. And I was like, well, I agree. And he was like, but they should be like, if if more lives are gonna be changed, more people should be doing what you're doing. And I was like, yes, that would be the vehicle of getting there. And he was like, how do you become the person that makes that happen? And that's like, it stopped me in my tracks and it was like scary as hell because it's December, 2016, man. Like, you know, Precision Nutrition hadn't sold yet. And they, uh, JB was, you know, JB and crew were, were still like running the world. You know, and I was like, well, like I told Craig openly, I said, I write a certification. And he was like, yeah, you should do that. And I was like, well, t- like PN is, they're they're the gold standard. Like everybody goes to PN. And, and he was like, he literally looked at me, and I'll never forget, in typical Craig fashion, he just said, figure it out. And and that was like the words I was left with. And I was like, fuck, like okay. And so all of the things you said, imposter syndrome, skill set, like it was all back at the forefront again, like. I was scared out of my mind again, but that was honestly the place I needed to be.
0: And let's, let's open this up a little bit. Cause you're right. Like yeah. there was a time where, and I want to come back to PN cause it's related to something yeah. later that I'm going to ask about, but there was a time where it was PN and now yeah. you've yeah. got Martin McDonald and his MNU, yeah. which is yep. incredible. Um, I beta tested the Renaissance periodization nutrition certification. So I'm actually going to go through the whole thing now. They're good friends of mine. They're doing killer stuff. You've got Muscle Doc Jordan Shallow's pre script, and they built out, you know, they've got nutrition courses within, and there's so much more stuff out there. And then you look at companies. Okay. PN built up and was sold. Uh, My good friend Mike Dola built Stronger You literally from his garage. It's like the Bezos Nutrition Amazon. Um, had to hire coaches, hire coaches, scale, scale, scale. And then anytime fitness came in, like offered him enough money that he doesn't have to worry about anything for life He yep. said, "Here, we're going to buy this from you. And, you know, again, these are also the survivorship bias success stories, but there's a lot more of them, right? I was just talking with my friend, Brad Dieter. He's one half of the ownership of Macros Inc. It's another one of these, their crew, they're such a tight knit group. They're coming in on mass to my event because that's the one they've decided they're going to all hang out together at this year. Love it. You're doing cool stuff. So I, when I was a coach, I'm just like sitting there in the crowd and you're pulling people up on stage, like Stephanie Fuznick who I've met yep. personally and at a prescript local thing in Edmonton, she's from Alberta and she's been pulled up on stage. And what is she like got a, a million dollar business yep. uh, guys like Jared Hamilton is absolutely crushing it. And I'm just looking at this going, holy shit, there's a lot of coaches and it's not like they necessarily are super well-known in the space, but they've done a really cool job of, of building something that has been able to scale. So are there any key, like, you know, there's, there's you and what you did, but the person listening who holds that limiting belief, fuck, I've held this for a long time, but you know, Oh, I, I can't hire anybody else. Cause they're never going to be as good as me or do things the way I do it. Like, what do you say to someone who's got that limit? And how do you get them to hire their first person?
1: Yeah, the answer is you're right. They're not going to be as good as you. Like that's the honest answer. And and the reality is if, if they were as good as you, they would be starting their own business. And and the simple truth is what you're always, I mean, I, I hate saying it this way, but you know, this is just the truth. There's no emotion in it, is you're really looking for like the 90% of the 80%, right? And so you're looking for like near the top of less than the top. And, and you know, you're looking at it, but you're not just looking at it purely from skill set. You're looking at skill set, loyalty. And, and listen, there's a lot of people that just don't want to be a business owner. Man, like I have I have people on my staff, um, you know, my top, like one of my top business coaches, Caleb Fong. He started as a client and we got Caleb to nearly a million dollar business. And he's like, I just don't enjoy it that much. And I was like, cool. You want to come help? And he was like, yes. And I was like, great, you know, and, and listen, he does very well with me. Um, I don't pay a million dollars, obviously, but he does very well, and and it's uh, it's way more rewarding. And and listen, I mean, let's be very honest too. A million dollar coaching business, you know, most coaching businesses margins are thirty five percent, so there's three hundred fifty k net profit, yes. you know, post tax, you maybe two hundred k that you're actually taking home. So anybody that sees a million dollar top line, your your take home is not a million dollars.
0: Absolutely, and there's something else in this too, and you alluded to it. There are a lot of really great people, like most of the coaches within companies like Stronger You and MacroZake, they've always been my example. They don't want to be business owners, and they probably don't want to deal with the forward-facing work-time commitment of brand development. I'm very much the other end of that spectrum where I, I like the media side. I like doing the podcasts. I like writing for stuff. I like going to events. I like speaking at events. And I've got the bandwidth to do it and still run my company. Of course, there's limits to what you can do with your time. But a lot of people, they don't have the time, stomach, desire to do any of that. And they actually would love if someone, like maybe someone listening, built something that they could go be a part of. And I've noticed that the people who love being a part of NCI, Stronger You, Macro Inc., they're raving fans and they love working within a community and a culture that they get to be a part of something bigger.
1: Yeah. You yeah, can probably- I mean, I that's I think it's important too as a business owner is you know the business the the business isn't there to make money right I mean at the core listen as a CEO if you're not checking top and bottom line you're an idiot but like at the end of the day the the business wasn't put together purely as a profit vehicle the business was put together as an impact vehicle and and you have to constantly remind your staff of that because people will come to work every day aligned by a mission far more than they will come to work every day purely for a paycheck And the people that are showing up to punch the clock and just get a paycheck are not going to be your top performing employees. The people that come in every day, aligned by a mission, excited to create impact, those are the ones that are going to come in. Those are the ones that are going to have impact in the world. And those are the ones that are going to give you 110% of themselves in the work ethic that you're actually desiring out of your team.
0: A hundred percent. I had to reform my thought there on this one. Sometimes I I, I had Ben Pakulski on... Uh, last episode and i, I had it. like total lockup of my brain on something I but it's it just you're just soaking up the things that people say and it's brilliant so maybe it'll come back to me but i alluded to pn and i wanted to yeah. unpack some of this stuff a little because it's all related you probably remember and i think it was probably that 2014 2015 2016 era and borarty was really the one saying it and, and there was a lot of this hey, you, you need to develop a broader skill set and be the concierge to your clients. And the first prong of that was to take trainers and educate them about nutrition so you could kind of be one-stop shop. And I think yep, that yep. was sort of the prevailing thing for a few years. But I think there's been more of a swing back to specialization again. And I feel like there's definitely been prolific growth of, quote, nutrition coaching. And I think a lot of trainers are dialing in more on the training side of things, and they may have people that they outsource things to. Do, have you noticed that trend? And then what are your thoughts on, let's say, the, the trainer coach turning around and, A, doing nutrition stuff, or B, building out, because I'm actually literally thinking about this. My brain has been going, I've had conversation with smart people about actually building out a specific nutrition coaching offering that is not just, hey, it goes in with it, you know, hey, there's got to be skin in the game, you're paying this monthly thing, and you have a, a structured formula, you build out systems. Thoughts on that whole thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always look, I always say success is clues, right? And when we look at the best performing athletes in the world, they're hiring more than one professional, Right. When we look at an Olympic athlete, they have strength coaches, they have recovery modalities, right? People implementing recovery modalities, they have nutritionists, then they have chefs, then they have, you know, mental coaches. And so for any of us to have the naivete to think that we are the best at all of those things is really egotistical at best. And, and I think that you can absolutely be sufficient, but I think that that's the old quote of Jack of all trades, master of none. Like, sure. Do I think that there are a lot of people that are intelligent enough to provide an adequate training program and nutritional program? I 1 million percent do. Do I think that anybody that doesn't specialize on either side is going to be the best at either one? No, I just, I don't. And I Jordan shallow has forgotten more than I'll ever know when it comes to training. Um, But I would like to say nutritionally, and I think Jordan would say as well, like nutritionally, I would be the one that's the specialist there. Um, To be completely honest, in my own company now, my director of education is far smarter when it comes to nutrition than I am. Because I have had to, in the last three years, go out and put on the CEO hat. I've had to learn the business world. You know, we took a company that was started on my couch in 2017. And we're now a $15 million plus organization. And so in in five years to go from zero to 15 million, that's a significant growth rate and it requires a lot of things. And I've made a million mistakes and I'll make a million more, but I've had to really learn inside of that. So, you know, I I think what JB did was, was genius, man. They were far beyond their time, um, you know, or before their time, I guess a better statement. And, It's funny, man, because I think in the industry today it would be a little different. I I I think their timing was beautiful. Um, JB and I have actually since become friends. I think that we posted a picture in February of 22, and the internet freaked the fuck out because it was like, you know, (laughs) oh, there's JB and there's Jason. And I thought they hated each other because they have competing products. And it's like, no, like we we just had dinner together and like we're like literally, dude, like we sat at Master's for three hours. And like, if you've ever had dinner with John, you know he'll sit there for ten hours. But like, he, uh, you know, like we literally could have could have chatted all night. And like, I love the guy. He was honestly like one of the first speakers I wanted to have at coaching con, the original coaching con in twenty two. And so he spoke at, at coaching con twenty two. And um, you know, I, I love the guy, man. Like honestly, but I I think it would be slightly different. I think that you know, whereas they brought a lot of education to the space, I think today the space is reasonably educated, and so I think that. Hmm. I think there's different requirements to be in the space today as well. Um, you know, obviously my, my angle was bridging the gap between what I saw um, PN created and what was actually happening in the world. And, and I, I'm a fundamental believer. Somebody will come along and see what we do and, and they'll say there's a gap and, and they'll find it. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not naive to the fact that there's always going to be innovation and not, not to say we're not investing in innovation every day, but um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah. I mean, to answer the, the question, I, I think that to to want to specialize in multiple things, it'd be like going out and getting multiple master's degrees. Could you do it? Absolutely. Does it take a fuck ton of time? Yeah. But then my question is like, as you become such a highly paid specialist in each one, like which one are you going in at? You know, like uh, we come from the bodybuilding world. Uh, you know, it was uh, Charles Glass. He didn't do nutrition for anybody. right? Charles Glass was the trainer. Uh, you know, Honey Rambot does both, but like realistically, like the majority of people that are in there, they have their nutrition guy, they have their training guy, they got their recovery person. I mean, and success leaves clues, dude.
0: Well, something you just said there, it, and Alex Hormozy was one of your speakers, as we talked about. Yeah. And Alex talks about this about people yeah. who like start six, seven companies hoping that one will take off. And yeah. he's always saying, listen, like just focus on one thing, lean into it fully, and it'll be successful.
1: I'll tell you you a funny story about that really quickly, if you want. So, Let let, let me get
0: this and then we'll get to Alex. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: What you were saying about the timing, I think is crucial. I believe that nutrition coaching is very much like online training because most of the time they function online. There had to be a critical point, a tipping point where the masses understood that it was a viable option and it was acceptable and normal for it to grow. And I think PN and that particular time frame was a critical part of that evolution but i think before people thought okay well i go sit down in front of a registered dietitian or most of them they're talking to their doctors or or there's nothing whereas now i really do think that one of the reasons why nutrition coaching has grown because the end consumer understands that it's a viable option that they will literally buy and and i think that and that's what happened with online training as well now it's normal it wasn't before people are like what the fuck i'm going to like pay someone over the internet to like Train me and not in person, right? That had to reach critical mass. Now you hormonal- it's also
1: normalized price points, right? I think that that's like really the biggest the lagging indicator that you see. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you charged when you first got in the space, but you know, I got in this, I got in the space before online coaching was a thing, right? Like, I hired Lane when Lane was still in college, and so like right after that, um you know, I was also doing some online coaching just because of the exposure I have with Bodybuilding.com, and so I mean, dude, I was charging a hundred dollars a month, and like. You know, today it's like the gurus, they tell you like you got to start at like four and five hundred a month. But, you know, back then it was like, wait, you're an online coach. Like, what do you really do? You know, it's like that wasn't a viable profession. Whereas, you know, today I think that it, it is seen as a viable profession. Um, I think that the understanding of it, you know, if you want to get into the business semantics of it, the understanding of it is awful. Um, I don't think very many people are actually teaching viability when it comes to business as much as they're teaching, you know, cash generation. But um, I think that that's a that's a whole rabbit hole. It's a completely different thing to unpack. And, you know, that's honestly like one of my biggest fears about the industry is a lot of people are looking at it as um, just as kind of if you look at the trajectory of a personal trainer, a lot of people have personal trained in their life, but not a lot of people were a personal trainer for life. And the reason is like the business model just wasn't really sustainable. Um, and, and nobody really taught you how to understand the, the money you were making. You know, there's not pensions and personal training. There's not retirements, not 401ks. And so it's like you're you're doing this thing that is hyper transactional, you know, the old trading dollars for, for hours thing. And, um, you know, how do you actually take that? How do you expand that? How do you turn it into something that will actually support the rest of your life? And, and I don't think it's being discussed today. And I think that we're on the precipice of truly understanding how that fits in not only to our own lives, but into the whole ecosystem. Um, but to say that digital coaching is is not um, viable would be mistaken. I think that I shared stats at coaching con. I think that we saw something like 250% growth in the online coaching model during the pandemic that's since slowed down. I still think we're at an average run rate of 70 to 80% growth per year. Um, and and I think that it's, you know, it, it's, it's not going to slow down, in my opinion. I think that it's uh it's a journey that a lot of people ex- are excited about. I think you have the opportunity to coach from home and, and work from home in the comfort of your house. And it's uh it's changing a lot of lives, man. I mean, I credit so much of my success, as I'm sure you would, to having the right mentors. So uh I'm I'm thankful that the industry is here.
0: And there's something underlying all this too. And I, I like to hammer this periodically. We have an industry that does have a tendency to get a bit combative and fight for what they think is a very small pie, limited points of a small pie, when as you are, well, you keep pointing out, there are a lot of people out there that you can help who are not being reached, um, and for a wide variety of reasons, but there's so much growth potential outside of the people that we're already serving that there's very little reason to be fighting over The existing
1: pie, I suppose. I think the the real opportunity is to grow the pie. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I think like when you're when you're early, you got a bit of a chip on your shoulder. You think you gotta like fight your way to the front of the pack, and it's like you'd get so much more out of like learning the the draft process, right? Like you know, when when you look, I guess like cycling is a great analogy, right? Like when you look at like a, a somebody that first gets out there, and you're like, how do you win a race? They're like, you get on a bike and you go the fastest. And, and you look at like someone that's running the Tour de France and it's like, well, they're going to fucking get behind a group of people and they're going to like take all the stress off and they're going to let the leader take on all the stress, right? Because they recognize the power of the draft. And it's like, man, if, if you only understood that being, and I think you're one of literally the best examples of this in the world, man, you are one of the most well-liked humans, but you're you're so well-liked because of what you've given to so many individuals in this industry for so long. And and honestly, man, like never asked anything in return. And it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. But like when you get to where you're at, it's like you realize, okay, well, Andrew is Andrew because he is known as a source of value, the end. Um, honestly, to this day, I don't even know what you sell. And, and I don't need to know what you sell because I know you could sell anything. You right. truly are like one of the biggest sources of value I've ever met. And, and I think that so many people miss that, right? It's like, they think it's so tiny and it's like, man, like you can be so big if you just realize, and, and I think Alex Ramosi was a great example of that. I think a lot of the great leaders, you know, were examples of that. I mean, um, I mean, fuck, you know, I look at, I think Tom Bilyeu, who was on, you know, on stage and and you think about Tom's strategy to, to get as big as they did. Tom's whole strategy was identifying influencers, learning about them, sending them customized gifts, right? So the giving, but done in a custom way. You know, we you, you think about Brendan Kane, who's responsible for social media growth, and his early client, Taylor Swift. And you think about Taylor Swift's strategy. And, you know, her whole thing was giving back to her fan base with custom messages and replies. And it's like there's always this notion of like there's a small group of people that you're going to encounter. And if you become known as the one to give, that group of people that you can give to will continuously grow. And if you continually give to a large group of people, there's zero chance you don't become successful
0: and you know to kind of answer answer some of the stuff in there i have i think i was had pretty much a full schedule 6 months into being a personal trainer 12 and a half years ago a good example of kind of how this literally kind of answers everything around the gym floor i would smile at people i would be pleasant i would smile at people i was busy people see busy and a young man walked up to me once and he said hey um I can't book in my trainer. scheduling doesn't work. This trainer was like involved in a multi-level marketing scheme and barely working. big pet peeve of mine. I'll shit on that all day.
1: but oh, he,
0: he he asked me, hey, can you, you know, train out my last few sessions? He had nine left. I've given my month's cancel notice on the gym. I had a full schedule, so I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll train you from nine to 10 pm, two nights a week. We made it work right. Turns out two weeks later, I get a text saying, hey, I'm really enjoying this. I've rescinded my cancel. Um, can you get me a price on 24 sessions and I'll renew more later? He bought 24, he renewed 72 after that. He referred me to two friends of his, both of whom trained intermittently over the years. The second friend referred another guy who's in the police uh, applicant process, referred me a guy that he knew from there. That guy is to this day, still a client of mine online. And that guy brought more police applicants to a boot camp I was doing back then local police found out about it. They wanted me to do it formally and they've actually been funneling me. And it's only a small piece of what I do, but they've been funneling me through referrals, police applicants ever since. And there are so many of these referral chains and active right now. One of the first clients I've ever trained, I used to train, started with her two sons, one of whom still one of my best friends. She is in my house right now. She owns a cleaning company. She cleans my house. I train her twice a week. And that family has referred me well over 20 clients over the years and which leads to thousands of hours and what this has done if you do a really good job there it frees you up to then start doing things like podcasting or writing a bit and then that turned into opportunities that blew in, up into and then muscle fitness and men's health and yeah. what have you and then i just like going to conferences so i would show up and support people showed up at lucas because hey this lineup is great uh, i met adam bornstein i loved adam's stuff uh, i love pete Dupuis stuff Love Mark Fisher stuff. Just had Adam and Pete on the podcast. Adam, first time, Pete, like multiple times because I like their stuff. I'm promoting Adam's new book, which is incredible. Especially. Like this stuff just comes around. And you're right. I, I I have a pet peeve. I don't like it when people ask to come on the podcast. I don't like it when people ask me, hey, can I come speak at your conference? It drives me fucking crazy. So I'm wired to just continue. And I tell people do this. Do the work, build the stuff, go write, go do the podcast. If you're going to ask anything of someone, like bring them on a podcast, it's got to be such a valuable ask that it's a no brainer for them. Like, don't go send a DM to Alex Hormozzi and tell him, "Hey, like, I just started a podcast. Will you come be a guest?" Like, that doesn't work. You got to, you got to build up things. And honestly, I think most coaches would be better served looking at the people who are on the same journey path they are in a similar place, maybe a little bit behind, maybe a little bit ahead. Showing up supporting those people instead of actually trying to curry the favor of the Luca Josevars and the Don Saladinos. Now, if you get an opportunity where you can do a kindness to support those people, amazing, and you'd be shocked at how great and how giving and how how awesome those guys are. Like you'll see it from interacting with them. I think a lot of people are are too. They're in too much of a rush for status. They're too and they're very transactional, self serving, in always asking for things. So now. I think if you're smart about stuff, there's nothing wrong with making a strategic ask when you can deliver on a ton of value. But I think too many people make asks that really, they may be disguised as gives, but they're really asks. And the only person who's getting any value out of it is the person doing the asking. And if you can pause and and look yourself in the mirror and really go, who benefits most from this? Then you start turning around and figuring out ways to be valuable to support other people because there's nothing more fulfilling than doing something like recently I just connected Luca with a potential speaking opportunity. Luca's got anything he wants, but yes, a connection that I have. And, and I, well, you reached out to me asking about connecting you with Don Saladino. Don's a good friend. Absolutely. I love doing things like that. That to me is more fulfilling and you, you're right. You develop a reputation as someone who, wants to support other people or you develop a reputation as someone who's a taker and when and we know and smell takers and takers very quickly stop getting opportunities and if you instill this stuff early in your career then you take the road of being a giver go read the book go giver phenomenal book there's i promise you it's going to take you so much further
1: there's a you know there's there's two things that come to mind when you say that the first is really simple is if you go to events and you look around and you see who hangs out with each other, you'll quickly realize that um, the groups that are always together are the ones that are all, they're all the same. They will give the shirt off their back. They will do absolutely anything for you. Um, I mean, I can tell you, and I'm sure you're the same, like from hosting an event, the way that speakers uh, behave before the event tells you everything about who they are. Um, So like, you know, what, what they expect from fees and travel and like the accommodations and like there's the way they interact, like their willingness to promote, like it's it's completely different. So like just go observe, like be observant. But you know, I think maybe the most important thing is, you know, I, I'm very fascinated with the 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 concept of desires and necessities. And I think so many people have this, they, they put their back against the wall where they they quote unquote need to be successful, right? And and inside of this need comes all of the shit that you shouldn't do right you you severely discount your prices you make asks that you know you shouldn't ask you sell products to people that shouldn't be buying your product you uh like like you do all these things where you're just like man like i'm just doing it for the dollar whereas like if you come in and you have this strong desire to become successful And you literally operate purely with desire because desire will reveal the right actions, right? Like when there's a will, there's a way. And so like you have the will, the way reveals itself. And it's like, I think if more people did that, we would see more success. But like, again, coming back to the business side of things, I see so many people, they have their first $10,000 month. And what do they do? They go spend 8,000 of it. Well, motherfucker, you're in the red because... You didn't even make eight thousand dollars post tax, so you're already in the red, and so now we're in the need side of the equation already, based on one month of poor behavior, right? Whereas you got ten, you got ten thousand dollars, means you got a couple clients. The only thing you need to do is deliver an amazing result. Your desire should still be to continue creating impact. So don't change your life based off of that. It's like have the same desires so many people just they have it so ass backwards man and it's like the number of individuals i've met that are purely they their life is running them instead of them truly running their life is so unfortunate in this space
0: and you started with success people have first of all the idea of success is kind of nebulous but people often have different ideas of how they define success and I find that the two ways that people look at success are financial or status. And those are two underlying human desires. Yep. And this is really tying something together you've alluded to several times. I really do believe that if you do it for the right reasons, you're passionate about it, you show up to serve other people, both financial success and status will be byproducts of you doing really great work. I try to caution coaches on not trying to look at things through the lens of status. Because most people will, and you can tell when you interact with people who is a status thinker who craves and desires status, and usually people who are asking a lot are are, are seeking status. Yeah. But when you look at the people who actually have the highest status in our industry, who are people like John Berardi and many other people, yourself, Don Saladino, Luca, what do you notice? What, what's the what's the common denominator? Yeah
1: it's funny as you say that because a i think luca's really intelligent in all walks of life so like i'll leave him to the side and, and i'm sure don is as well i don't know him as well yet but um you know i think if you ask me and john berardi uh, anything about social media we would look at you like a deer in headlights because a we just don't care about it that much and b like it's it, it's not how we like built our business we were like oh my gosh i have to become this big thing whereas i think so many people have that backwards like oh my god if i if I have a big business, everyone's gonna know who I am. If everyone knows who I am, it's like like you said, it's a status thing, right? Um it's, it's funny because I spoke at Jim Con a couple weeks ago and I was on stage with Flex Lewis, and one of the questions they asked is like, Oh, you're both known on online. Like, how did you do it? And that's like, uh, I'm like, you <laughs> want to know the truth? I'm like, the truth is I just was really good at what I did, and like enough people asked me to like come on their podcast and like or like have you know talk with them and like I'm like, I, honestly, like the reputation just kind of spread. I'm like, I genuinely have never once in my life done anything to facilitate exposure for myself. I have literally at this, I mean, I'm a CEO of $50 million or $15 million company, uh, you know, I, I literally just spend time trying to help people, man. Like, I feel like I do the same thing today that I did in 2014 when I started my coaching business, which is I wake up and I find ways to help people. And that's it, right? Like the, the I don't help the end consumer as much because I don't coach nutrition as much, but I help my team. And if I help my team, they can help our clients. If they help our clients, they're gonna refer people to us. And it's like the ripple effect is always there. And I think that it's just like, it's that easy. It's, it's that simple. I won't say it's easy, but it's that simple. And And so many people don't want it to be that simple. They want to blame the notion that they're not successful on it must be some complex algorithm thing and it's like no like you just want the wrong shit or you're just not willing to work hard enough and that's unfortunate
0: <laughs> yeah and again tying the idea of like say social media following to success is a very bad like, that's a very bad Very slow.
1: <laughs>
0: and there's a whole bunch of dimensions. like i think alex formose does a good job with this the coaches who malign social media people with social media followers have it wrong because they they are they're living in a sour grapes mentality they for whatever reason because usually i find that people are complaining about it they actually crave the status the most and they're just kind of upset because they don't have the trappings of what they think comes with it which is not what you think and then you get the people who will fake it and they are literally buy followers, which is a really stupid move. And if anybody here has like ever done that shit, like hopefully you've all passed it. The goal is not to shame you. It's like, hey, that's not a good road to take. But I've also seen, we know a lot of great people who are very savvy with social media, who are having incredible impact. And this comes down to impact, right? you It's giving impact. How can you change more lives? And Hormozy talks about this relentlessly about how he used to want to kind of be hidden away in the background. And then he had this conversation with Dean Graziosi about, you know, Dean's large following and like, how do you deal with like someone coming up and interrupting your dinner? And Dean's like, man, if like a couple of people are like overly enthusiastic and like interrupt my dinner, uh, you know, sometime, and that's the price I pay to be able to actually like influence and scale and help that many more people. That's an easy price to pay. And it was a switch for Alex and that's where Alex and Layla turned around and just decided okay cool we're going to lean into personal brand development and this is what people mistake they think that they they worked on like social media following no they they aggressively built personal brand and that's my mantra as well if you aggressively build personal brand personal brand is more than just social media following it's it's certainly it's relationship capital absolutely but i think you can build an incredible personal brand simply by giving and supporting other people and i think that's true of so many of the people, your Gary Vaynerchuk's, your Lewis houses and and Alex and Layla at their heart. Alex is very transparent that one of his goals is to be financially successful, but my God, he's created a vehicle where he's giving like, he, like he says, his free shit is going to be better than most people's paid shit. Right. And if you look at the heart of all these people, and I think the people that are successful in our industry they're really wired to create more impact. And I really do think that the social media following, the status that we perceive and the financial success are really byproducts of just leaning into having as much of a positive impact as we possibly can.
1: You know, success in and of itself, however, whatever the definition of that is, is always a lagging indicator, right? It's, you know, when I teach business, I always say like, you know, money, revenue is just a lagging indicator it's, it's, it stems from doing all the right things. You know, sales is a lagging indicator. It, it, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we break business down. It's like, can you get leads? You know, what to say to leads, can you close them? And can you actually fulfill on your promises? Then can you have the infrastructure to support it at scale? Like it's really that simple, but success is like, well, did I start in the right place? Did I get the leads? And it's like, cool. Then did I nurture them appropriately? Cool. Then did I make the right offer? Cool. Then did we fulfill on our promises? Then did we ascend? Then did we fulfill? Like, then did we support? Like it's, it's not overly difficult, but we always look at the end thing thinking we can go zero to 100. It's like, you know, our clients, the weight loss is a, is a fucking lagging indicator. You don't just wake up in the morning and create weight loss. You do a lot of things over time that when combined together facilitate weight loss. And if we only focus on the weight loss, there is no direct way to do it. And it's like, great, let the weight loss happen. The same thing we preach to our clients, let the weight loss happen as a byproduct of continuing to do the right shit. It's the the number of parallels in business success and fitness and nutrition success are ridiculous. I think that like and I honestly think that's why our industry is growing at such like an alarming rate, is because I think we're starting to figure it out. The 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 actions and are so insanely parallel. Um I think it's why so many online coaches think that they're business gurus. But
0: I'll give a I'll give a perfect little microcosm example. It's the coach who wants to grow their social media and yeah. then posts for a few days. Maybe they post for two weeks. And, well, they haven't seen much follower growth or haven't gained any traction, so they quit. And they're they're the same people who are telling their clients, well, yeah, we've been two weeks. You haven't seen much change on the scale. You just got to keep going. It's a perfect analogy.
1: It literally is exactly that. I mean, I don't, you know, I tell and I tell people that all the time and they're like, oh, you know, I, I didn't make 10 grand in two days. And I'm like, don't like did your clients lose 10 pounds in two days? No, I would never tell them to do that. I'm like, why are you telling yourself to fucking achieve these outrageous goals in two days? I'm like, come on. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh you know, it's flawed mindset, but again, it's like, okay, well, why like why do you think you deserve such outrageous things? You know, I think there's there, I, I believe we live in a world today that's far more entitled than it was even just five years ago and ten years ago, but you know, there's this weird entitlement that I think people deserve something. And it's like, man, I don't deserve shit. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful I'm breathing. I don't deserve to wake up and be breathing. Like I was given the opportunity, which means now I have the opportunity to go and do a bunch of other things. And it's like, I think you sometimes have to like, you sometimes got to check yourself and you got to remind yourself, like, the time here is finite you know that is the one that's the one resource in our life that is definitively finite is we are like our time on this earth is limited and it's like if you're going to waste that thinking that the world owes you something like we should not hang out because we're just not the same
0: we we speak the same language have the same 100%. ethos uh, Jason, this has been amazing. It's been one of my—I I mean, I love the conversations I get to have. The real reason why I do this podcast is because of these connectivity points. Share the people I bring on, but it's really quite selfish for me to spend an hour picking someone's brain and listening to them. I will, if the universe lines up as it should, we we talk off air about dates and what have you. I should yeah. be boots on ground at Coaching Con next year. Uh, is there anything that you have? coming up anything you want to share with everybody i think you guys do a, a second event a nutrition
1: yeah event. we have we have one in october um we have the nutritional coaching summit i know lane's coming bill campbell's coming uh rachel sheer uh a couple other names that are that are coming out to speak there uh you know for us anyone that's interested in nci that's the first time we're doing a, a live certification um in over two years the first time we're going to do it in person which is always a good time lots of question and answer goes down in that um so excited to be doing that there and um yeah i mean listen at the end of the day like i said in the beginning the mission's impact man like i i always love when people are like where do you want me to send traffic i'm like "Ah, if people are interested man like hit me up i'm happy to help but like i'm not here to sell shit man like ah, at the end of the day i want to help you and so like if i can help you please by all means let me know because then i wouldn't i wouldn't be fulfilling my purpose if i wasn't but like it you know, if not, then I, I hope that you know you feel as though the 50 minutes you've invested in you know, listening to us talk. I hope it was time well invested. It's time to never get back. So I hope, it, I hope it was worthwhile to you. And um, you know, more than anything, man, I just encourage everyone to do whatever it is they desire to do. You know, I always I look at us, man, and it's you know, 10 years ago, like where were we? Like we were just beginning and, and we weren't we were nobody. And it's like, you know here I am. And I tell everyone, I, I still, as at 38 years old and, and, you know, financially successful, whatever that word means, like I, uh, yeah, I still identify as the anorexic kid when I was 19. You know, I, I still feel like I'm that same kid. I still feel like I'm on the come up. I still feel like I'm on the chase. I still feel like there's things I need to change. And so nothing's any different. And so, um, the only difference in my life has been I made a decision, decision to continuously take action and decision to continuously create impact. And, uh, that decision has served me well. So if there's anyone listening that just is lost or, or you know doesn't know what to do, just find a way to help someone because it, it will open up a lot of doors. And to
0: what you said, I often find that the most valuable things that I expose myself to, audiobooks, podcasts, uh, smart people, it, it's not tactical. It's often attitudinal. It's often philosophy. And I like several key shifts in the way I've gone about things have come from reading books like Seth Godin's Lynchpin or Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way or, or other things. And sometimes it's, you hear things and it may have may have to sit and marinate for a little while, or maybe it'll hit you like a lightning bolt. But either way, if it shifts something that lets you put aside a limiting belief, a lot of the time, this is really just about sitting in the fixed mindset of whatever limiting beliefs keep you safe within that bubble that you don't put yourself out there for fear of ridicule or failure. And I'm more and more, I'm all about like, let's, let's shatter those beliefs. Let's challenge them. And let's put you guys in front of people I think are are smart who could possibly help you. So uh, what's your Instagram so people can go follow you there as a pipeline to finding anything else?
1: Yeah. NCI underscore CEO underscore Jason. Hit me up, send me a DM. Again, happy to help. If you want to come to NCI, tell me you came from Andrew. I'll make sure you get the biggest discount I possibly could do. Like Take care of his crew, of course. Um, But yeah, I mean, more than anything, just let me know what I can do. Thank you, Jason. This has been a real pleasure.
0: Thank you, everybody listening. Go check out what Jason is doing. Um, The resources are there to simply make you guys better. I've got more great guests coming up. I hope you've enjoyed the recent string of mostly new guests. I've had a few great repeats like Pete Dupuis. And if you're someone finding this through Jason's media, well, guess what? I've thrown around a lot of names that we both uh, really like and support. So if you scroll through the people I've had on, you're going to find a lot of your favorites and you may just choose to stick around. Guys, thank you so much.